2: Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now, I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means.
3: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity Voice Remote.
0: This is the Lombardi Live with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN.
4: Thank you, big guy. So this is Christmas. Family, football, and the gift of gambling. As we welcome you in, it is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's VSYN, the Esports Betting Network. Happy holidays. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Mike Pritchard sitting in for Michael Lombardi there at Circa in Las Vegas. You know, I think, Pritch, this is just as Santa wanted. You've got family, you've got football, you've got eggnog, and you've got gambling on three more NFL games. And many don't know, in the North Pole... Mrs. Kloss is known as the Parlay Queen, Mm. and Prop Queen for that matter, and Rudolph is a part of your little syndicate there, putting together teasers, as we say good morning to Mike Pritchard. Hi, Pritch. Hi,
5: Patrick. Good morning. Yeah, Rudolph was from the hood. People didn't know that. They didn't know that. See? That's why he had the red nose. I mean, a lot of people don't know a lot of things about Rudolph, so... Uh, I think you called Rudolph, I think you did call Rudolph a diva before the show started, to be fair. I did. Yeah, Yeah. I know those types. Uh, Absolutely. Great to be with you here. Merry Christmas.
4: Merry Christmas
5: to you. And if we can pull
4: back just a little bit, I want to show everybody I do have a tree set up in my studio today. Look at that, Pritch. What do you think
5: about that? I like guy? that. I like that. that is, that's a nice touch, actually, right there, Patrick. I mean, not everybody has a tree in the studio. Uh, one, right? And one can showcase that, too, here uh, on Lombardi Line. I mean, that's, that's outstanding. Great choice. Thank you very Great much. Choice. And I
4: want to give a special shout out on this Christmas morning to my old partner and good friend Dustin Sweetelson producing the show today. Look forward to working with the big guy <laughs> over the next 2 hours. Got a full show. Ira Kaufman's going to join also, following us here on the Lombardi line is, of course, countdown to kickoff with Brent Musburger. So we should start here. I want to get to the cold weather angles from yesterday. Of course, mm-hmm. three more games on tap today, which we'll get to. But we should start here. Circus Survivor has kind of taken over Vsin for good reasons. And for those that don't know, Survivor Contest, you pick a team a week. Once you use that team, it's eliminated. Uh, over 6,100 entrants in Circus Survivor this year. And we can show the graphic. Great job there. Over 6,100, Pritch, we're mm. down to four. There was a contestant last night named Mad Dog in the Circus Survivor Contest. If the Raiders had won in Pittsburgh last night, he would have won over $6 million himself. Of course, Kenny Pickett leads the drive coming back. Your boy Derek Carr throws the pickle, and they, the Raiders, lose. So now we're down to four contestants. A big announcement here on Vison coming up after the Lombardi line. On countdown to kickoff, Mike Palm is going to join Brent Musburger and announce those four entrants and who they select. But this is an incredible. So over $6 million on the line for a dude named Mad Dog, and he loses because the Raiders lost. That's unbelievable yesterday.
5: Yeah, I mean, did he really lose? I mean, he, he he's still alive, though, right? I mean, he could have just cashed in the biggest uh, cash, if you think about it, from a contest uh, standpoint. Uh, and I want to see it, to be honest with you, Patrick. I, I do the pro football blitz with Brady Cannon on the weekends. And um, typically, we have uh, Derek Stevens, Mike Palm, and Jeffrey Benson from Circa uh, on to give us the consensus picks and millions. And then, certainly, we go over Survivor with Derek. Uh, and it's been incredible. It's been an incredible journey. The rate of elimination at times in this contest is, has been uh, unprecedented, obviously, but it added to the thrill of this. And that situation. We're Mad Dog uh, right there, already (laughs) in the clubhouse with the Vikings. I I wonder if he had popped champagne or did he have it on ice or what what was going on right there. But, uh, no, you get the Steelers win. uh, And so now we still have four entries and and four uh, people uh, alive for Survivor. uh, And it is compelling. It really, really is.
4: Yep. And we're going to have, again, countdown to kickoff right after Lombardi line, we're going to have who those four select? Remember, they've got to go. Su- they've got to go Sunday and Monday, so they got to get their selections in today. Okay, big show today. Now, yesterday the theme here on the Lombardi Line was the weather. Obviously, inclement weather, canvassing the country right now. Those of you at home watching the Lombardi Line, I hope you're safe and chilling with the family. Don't go outside if you don't need to. Uh, but also backup quarterbacks. So let's start with the weather here, Pritch. Eight games kicked off yesterday. Mm-hmm with temperatures below freezing, which was an NFL record for a single day. Those eight games cashed to the under six and two. So six unders and two overs. We mentioned late last night the Raiders and Steelers. The Steelers come back and win 13-10. It was cold inclement there at Heinz Field. Franco Harris, the commemorative immaculate um reception there 50 years but we have to start with the loss by the raiders Mm -hmm. the raiders fall to six and nine also they make history with their inability to protect leads the raiders literally that was their fifth time they've lost this year they go to the break at half up seven points so they've done that seven or more times this year and they've lost five times that's the most in nfl history Unbelievable! I mentioned up 10-3 at the break. They were mm-hmm. shut out in the second half here. But we have to have a mature conversation, Pritch, because I know you cover the Raiders. You're from Las Vegas. This is a Las Vegas team now. But Derek Carr, uh, whether it's a change of scenery, I don't know what it is. But I think his time is up there with the Raiders. It's time to move on. A fresh start for both the organization and the player. Because what happened in that last drive where he missed Renfro Mm. and he completely struggled in the second half, Mm -hmm. it just feels like his time is coming to an end here with the Raiders.
5: Yeah, it really is. And and there's really no excuse for it either, Patrick. I mean, a lot of people will will lay claim to the fact that he's had so many coaches and so many coordinators. Well, there's a reason for that, right? And and the thing about the Raiders, they haven't won a playoff game. I I can't even remember the last time they won a playoff game. Was it 2002? Uh, I want to suggest that out there. Uh, But Derek Carr has not won a playoff game. You know, he's a nine-year, ten-year quarterback in the National Football League. And uh, I I think that's unprecedented. Uh, So he's up against it. I know they brought in Devontae Adams, which Derek Carr had some comments uh, a a few months ago. Actually, almost a year ago, over a year ago, uh, Patrick, in which he said, if I play with Devontae, you're gonna see things that you've never seen before. Well, that's true. Because yes. of what you're giving laid up out. leads. Giving up historic. leads. Yeah, yes. absolutely. But my point is, is that they've surrounded this guy with everything and everything that you could ever want, uh, if you're a quarterback. And certainly uh, he's not gonna live happily ever after right now with the Raiders because the thing the notion is is if you're trying to turn over the roster like Josh McDaniels and uh, Ziegler has a GM. Um, they already have started the process of doing that, by the way. Uh, then it, it probably doesn't stop at quarterback. I mean, there's there's some options out there, and certainly you want to have the right fit uh, for your system. And, and Derek Carr just doesn't fit with what Josh McDaniels wants to do or what he wants to call. Uh, and, you know, that could be a product of Derek Carr's career. Uh, again, but I don't want to make mis- uh, excuses for that. I mean, I think as a professional athlete, you're going to have to adapt. You're going to have to change. You're going to have to evolve. You're going to have to get better. I think Derek Carr is the same quarterback that he's always been in the national football league. He's never elevated himself. We see Josh Jacobs elevate himself this year, right? Behind a makeshift offensive line. The guy's a pro bowler, probably going to be all pro. Uh, and then you have a quarterback situation in which it's, it, it's constant. It has not changed. It has not elevated at all over his nine-year career out here in, uh, well now with the Las Vegas Raiders.
4: 13 10 win for the Steelers. Steeler backers cash. It closed two and a half. Of course, we talked about those unders in the cold weather games going six and two. That's an under 37 and a half. That was never threatened. Mm -hmm. Of course, I went plus three and a half on the Raiders in the second half, so I was bitter on that last Ooh. drive as well not as bitter as the circus survivor mad dog but i will say that that was just an absolutely pitiful performance in the second half shut out in the second half mm-hmm. the steelers wanted to give that game to the raiders they kept on begging to give that game to the raiders and again you, you first round draft pick you played in the league for eight nine years you can help us understand from inside the locker room like that doesn't feel like a dude and i'm talking about car in particular right that players have a ton of respect for or trust in at this point.
5: Well, you know, last year was different, though. That Last year, there was a ton of adversity for this football team, and Derek Carr was an incredible leader. He really was. Um, uh, but every year's different, right? And, and I just mentioned, you know, you look around Derek Carr, you got Darren Waller, you got Hunter Infro, you, you got Devontae Adams, uh, Matt Collins is, is coming on, too, and uh, Foster Morrow is, is a tight end that was capable. And they have a, Jake, uh, a fullback uh, and Jacobson that, that is incredible, too. And the offensive line, even though it makeshift, uh, I still think they were solid enough uh, this season. But if you watch that game like everybody did, I mean, there were some throws you're like, wait a minute, you're supposed to make that throw. The Hunter Renfro throw? Why why the rainbow, Patrick? Why not just because put it? Because he's
4: uncomfortable. The line? He gets uncomfortable in the pocket. Right. And on that pick to end the game, he double pumps because right. he's never quite comfortable. But he's so confounding, Carr, because earlier in the game, the touchdown pass to Renfro was precise. Oh, That's the, pass? the point. Yeah. He's
5: so confounding. Right. He is. He really is. Um. And, you know, the thing is, uh, I don't understand a rainbow throw when, like you said, you double pump or, or somebody's in your face or, or about to get hit or whatever, but my goodness, uh, over the middle of the field, and there's nobody in front of Renfro. The only player is the safety, and that's behind Renfro. How do you not put down on the line? How do you not know that? How is that not just automatic for you? Uh, and that's the problem. Like, when you see quarterback, when you see prime quarterback, when you see premium quarterback play, uh, it's automatic. It's easy, Patrick. It is. I mean, I played with John Elway, of course, and certainly Warren Moon and people like that, and they made the game so much easier uh, to play. Uh, and it doesn't seem that way for Derek Carr right now. Flex
4: on him, Pritch, with the name drop <laughs> ten minutes into the show. Let's go, big guy. Here's Derek Carr after another
1: disappointing loss.
5: When you fall short, I mean, my heart my heart breaks. You know,
1: um, I just care so much, and you know, to you know, when you don't you know, do your best. You let let your team down, let, let your organization, your fans down. It, it hurts, you know, it, it breaks your heart, but you know, at the end of the day, nobody cares. You get back up and you keep going. You know, that's, that's how we do it.
4: <laughs> Look, I believe him. He's sincere. Yeah. He's a genuine dude. He loves Jesus. He's the nicest guy ever. We saw him on hard knocks talking about proposing to his wife. Everything about Derek Carr is genuine, there's just not enough there. I can't, you can't explain it because, again, sometimes he's so precise and then he throws the lollipop pick to end the game, Rich.
5: Right, right. And, and, you know, Derek Carr, for for who he is and, and where he's at now in his career, is tremendous. He should be very, very proud of that. A, a tremendous leader, like you said, a tremendous person. I mean, at the yes. podium, he's been tremendous. I mean, you can think about this. I mean, nine years with the Raiders, and you haven't had a playoff win, and you have to explain it away repeatedly, right? Uh, But this is a results-oriented business, and the results are just not equaling uh, expectations at this point.
4: Just getting started, Lombardi line on Christmas 2022. Merry Christmas and happy holidays from all of us here at VSIN. We look back to move forward. Week 16 takeaways continue, including the Cowboys overcoming two 10-point deficits to beat the Eagles. That's next. Just getting started.
3: Lombardi line.
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is
5: going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
4: He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. (laughs)
6: listening to the Lombardi line on Vsin
1: featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: Okay, it is the holidays and Vsin is in the holiday spirit. Okay, check out the special right now. It's going to go away after the holidays. It's slash subscribe so become a pro and when you do right now, you get everything we offer through March Madness. That includes the guides, that includes Lombardi's exclusive articles, that includes picks from Pritch and when you sign up right now, you get $20 in credit. To the visa online store christmas is here go get us go get a hat go get a scarf go get a mug so right now you sign up Veasan.com/slash subscribe for 79 dollars. become a pro pros are winning a bunch of cash this season as we welcome you back happy holidays and merry christmas i'm patrick maher mike pritchard sitting in for michael lombardi this is the lombardi line presented by bet mgm it's visa the sports betting network just a little edification as far as circa Uh, I was wrong. Mad Dog is still in it. Mad Dog somehow stayed in because the 61-yard field goal in Minnesota, but he would have won the over $6 million in the Circus Survivor Contest if the Raiders had won last night. So he is still one of the four contestants left. Again, a major announcement coming up on Countdown to Kickoff with Palm and, of course, Brent Musburger after the Lombardi line as far as Circa Survivor. Okay. Yeah, Patrick, you it's, know this, Mad Dog's please. like one of those
5: baseball teams. Like, you know, you have uh, the one team with the champagne on ice if they win, uh, right? And then the other team, are they gonna move the champagne and all that to the other dugout or clubhouse, depending on who wins the game, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> so <laughs> the drama continues for Mad Dog, because uh, there's exactly the three bridge. yeah.
4: That's exactly right. By the way, the cold weather games, uh, we had eight that kicked off with temps below freezing. That was an NFL record, as we mentioned at the top. The unders were six and two in those eight games yesterday. Playing in the cold, it ain't no joke, right, Pritch? No. I mean, once it gets to it, and it compounds as well. Mm-hmm. You're talking about temperatures like 10 degrees, but you figure in the wind chill, you're looking at a minus 25. You add the wind, like they had in Cleveland, right. and that just compounds. That's nasty for a player.
5: Well, the cold weather is one thing, and you know the players go out there, they try to get acclimated to it. You know, no shirts or whatever. You wear thermos or you just gonna, you know, what you're gonna do, or have to do to get through a football game, right? But when the wind, though, uh, gusts up for you, Patrick, I mean, that's when things get difficult, especially for me as a, as a receiver. I mean, as a running back, uh, you know, somebody like that is probably different. A quarterback, it probably bothers you, too. Offensive linemen, they're, they're oblivious to it. They're not even thinking about the wind. Uh, but, yeah, throwing a football and operating, trying to execute that way uh, gets re- really, really difficult.
4: So as you know, Pritch, I'm from Michigan. I grew up yep. a Detroit Lions fan. I'm a 44-year-old man. The Detroit Lions have won exactly one playoff game since 1957. That's not great. Last mm-hmm. time I checked, yeah. and I woke up this morning with a big lump of coal in my stocking. The 7-8 and eight Lions had won 6-7. of seven. They were Honolulu blue and silvering their way to the postseason. Here is Dan Campbell after the game.
5: They got after us pretty good, man. That was that's a hard pill to swallow. There, Um, you know, you know, you say things, but ultimately, when you play that way, it falls on me. I didn't have them ready to go, and uh, that was uh, that wasn't good enough. You know, that was a hungry team we played, and we didn't look as hungry as they did. That's the bottom line.
4: Okay, so again, Detroit ends up closing Mm -hmm. a two-point favorite in Carolina. 37-23, well over the posted total of 43 and a half. But let me ask you a question. So that is the head coach of a team that had just won six of seven. Expectations sky high. We haven't done anything in decades in Michigan as far as the Detroit Lions. And I got a quote from him. We weren't physically, mentally, emotionally ready to play. Uh, don't you then have to fire the head coach if you're on a 6-7 to streak, you're not physically, mentally, or emotionally ready to play when you're chasing the postseason? How is that even possible? I
5: mean, I think you have to consider that, right? I mean, you certainly have to have a a, a meeting, a closed-door meeting, maybe lock that thing uh, after that. But, no, you never want to hear a coach, a head coach, go to the podium uh, and say something like that. Um, You know, he didn't have to elaborate. I didn't have him ready to go. I mean, stop right there. Yeah, that's on me. Stop right there. We respect you. But that's a former player knowing that he needs the respect in that locker room. And so he's going to eat it that way, right? Um, but he was very, very candid right there. And he was right. <laughs> the Carolina Panthers beat him. Uh, and they beat them at the game that Carolina wanted to play. Uh, and that was physical. Uh, and it was surprising that a guy with the quotes, you know, we know who Dan Campbell is, we know a former player, and the whole staff, really former players. Uh, they could not raise to the level of that intensity from Carolina, which was surprising, which was shocking uh, to me because you knew going into it, Patrick, what type of game that was going to be, what type of game Carolina is only capable of playing, right? So how do you not get ready to buckle up your chin strap and put extra air in your helmet if you have to and play a game like that? You make some mistakes too, some key mistakes, but just the dominance at the line of scrimmage, I mean, that was something that shocked me because... It shouldn't have. As I go back and I reflect now, it shouldn't have, but it did. It shouldn't have because I know this about the league. There's more constants than surprises in the leagues because you just laid out the history of the Detroit Lions, right? Uh, There's a reason why that history exists, and it doesn't matter to coaches or to players or whatever. For whatever reason, uh, the Detroit Lions or, or franchise like that, they're just incapable of understanding how to get out of that or how to break that mold and how to be different. Uh, Carolina Panthers, they're they're fighting, people are fighting for jobs, right? And you had a head coach that could get a job uh, in the National Football League after being cast aside in Arizona. So there is a lot of motivation, a lot of fight. I thought the Carolina Panthers blew it, and I didn't know how they were going to respond to that from the previous week of losing to Steelers. Uh, But respect is given, though, uh, to Carolina to raise up to that level of play and take it to the Lions and just beat them down.
4: Good job, Rich. Uh, awards, Campbell, good job, big guy. Campbell went from the second shortest on the board coach of the year. He was 3-1 to one mm-hmm. entering that game against Carolina. He's now fourth as far as your betting favorite at 14-1 to one after the loss. I don't mean to opine we're a betting network, but that coach speak – It's just too much. And again, I understand people love Campbell because of hard knocks, because of the caffeine, monster energy drinks, and biting kneecaps. But when you come out after a loss, having won six of seven, and you tell a hardworking city like Detroit, Michigan, that we weren't physically, emotionally ready to play that game, you got to go. I'm sorry. Conversely, Steve Wilks has done a hell of a job. He's in that division that's so weak. So Carolina, right. at six and nine, has an opportunity here, Pritch, to win that division. He's created an identity after Rule left Carolina. He's going to get that job moving forward. And here's Wilks talking after the game.
5: Um, you know, we got embarrassed last week in, in, in so many fashions, and uh, they bounced back and showed their true character and how we practiced this week, and most importantly, how we came out today uh, and performed. Uh, those guys up front accept the challenge, the offensive line I'm talking about, what's coming off the ball. You know, uh, Deontay, he had 165 yards rushing. Very impressive. Chuba came in and did his job. You know, look at uh, Raheem Blackshear, came in and did his job. So it was a uh, collective effort across the board.
4: He's not wrong, Pritch. Good job. I think that guy's created an identity with the Carolina Panthers and he's going to get a year uh, to give it a go next year. Steve Wilkes after, by the way, he was
5: screwed over in Arizona. Oh, man. That was was horrible. I I mentioned that, you know, cast aside, but no, he was definitely (laughs) screwed over that way. Um, You know, the thing about Wilkes, too, is he has history with Carolina uh, and, you know, from a coaching standpoint, man, if you feel like you have an opportunity and it's right there, uh, you, you got to seize it. It's just like a player, uh, and and so getting from a betting standpoint, I don't know about you, but as as a better Patrick, I listen to sound bites. I listen to coaches at the podium. I I get feedback and I get uh, information from either player or or coaches, especially if they're candid, especially uh, if they're not trying to be savvy, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think uh, that is informative, and then also you can use it. Um, I was on the Lions, like a lot of other people, for other reasons, um, but a lot of credit does go to Wilkes. I mean, from a teaser standpoint, that would have been a perfect uh, situation, uh, and I, I passed over that because I thought the Lions had something different, uh, and that was my mistake. But uh, from a betting standpoint, uh, that's the coach that I would look to back uh, moving forward, even though I hate the NFC South. Uh, I, I, I Cannot win a bet. Uh, I did earlier on in the year, but I cannot win a bet moving forward so far uh, in that division. But no, give, give credit to Carolina and Steve Wilkes, that head coach, though.
4: And of course, they're going to go to Tampa Bay. Carolina's still in the mix. Of course, the big guys got the Detroit Lions on the Christmas naughty list and Carolina on the nice list. But they're at the Bucs. Carolina. You want to take a stab at that number? I'll just tell you. Right okay. now, Tampa Bay opened up six and a half. We got DraftKings sitting at seven, mm. so seven-point favorite. Carolina disrespected here. That's going to be an interesting yep. matchup.
5: Yes, it will be, especially if they are physical like that because that's the recipe in this time of year. Yep, Cold weather, you just talked about that. Um Teams know what you do from a passing standpoint. They have your concepts down, your tendencies, Uh, but what they can't stop is if you have – that tenacious attitude uh, uh, to just want to get after it and be physical. That, those are the type of teams to me that can be dangerous uh, against other type of teams that are not like that. In Tampa, we know uh, to not be that way from a physical running standpoint, uh, and can they rise to the occasion to stop uh, what Carolina has uh, obviously developed right now.
4: The run game got better after McCaffrey left. It's almost like McCaffrey's trade has benefited the 49ers and Carolina in an inverse way. It's very fascinating. As we continue along here, week 16 takeaways, Mike Pritchard, Patrick Maher. The Bills captured their third straight AFC East title. We'll get to that. The Ravens also secure a playoff spot. Minnesota won another one-score game, Mike Pritchard. The Niners won their eighth in a row. And when we come back, the Cowboys, I mentioned, overcame two 10-point deficits. I don't necessarily know if they make the nice list, though, for that performance against the Eagles. We'll discuss... Merry Christmas. It's Vsin, the sports betting network.
1: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on Vsin, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: Okay, First Bet Express Bet. Of course, v preferred horse racing app. Go to v slash horses for more information. Right now, when you sign up for First Bet, you get 10 bucks instantly, plus a $200 deposit match bonus when you use the promo code HORSE200. Again, HORSE200, v slash horses. As we welcome you back and we say happy holidays. Merry Christmas. I'm Patrick Maher. This is the Lombardi Line. Sitting in for Michael Lombardi today is Mike Pritchard. we got the crew back at Circa. We appreciate everybody grinding on Christmas. Dustin Sweetelson producing. And during the break, you said something about a theme as far as bettors. Can you repeat the theme for today's show, Pritch?
5: Well, like I always try to put some context to what I'm doing, and certainly from a betting standpoint, Patrick. I mean, looking at the National Football League in the month of December, about to approach a new year in January and certainly the playoffs – you know, we, as better as we come into the year and it's like, okay, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. But uh, I'm here to say that there's more constants in the national football league than surprises. I I mean, every year we get a few surprises Uh, and, and, you know, we were just talking about the Detroit lions. We're going to talk about some other teams and some other games in which if you look at it, uh, there's more constants than surprises in the national football league. And I think that's bettable. Like, the Bills winning uh, the division, you know, Kansas City winning the division, uh, San Francisco emerging as one of the better teams in the National Football League. I mean, all these things are, are pretty much constants, even though it's been chaotic. I mean, you think about the quarterback situations or injuries or whatever, but we adapt to that as players and coaches. We know injuries are going to happen. It's 100% injury business. And so can you adapt to it? Can you change? Can you, can you get better? That's the bottom line. Uh, And the people that understand how to get better through a calendar year or certainly through a football season, that's the constants. And and I I think from a betting standpoint, focusing in on that uh, more so than the surprises can, can benefit your bankroll.
4: Pritch, we've got the naughty and nice list here on Christmas Morning. So where do you put Dallas? Dallas covers the four. Again, Gardner Minshew in for Jalen Hurts. We'll get to the MVP odds coming up in just a little bit here. But Dallas does cover. It's a 40-34 winner. I mentioned two times in this game they overcame 10-point deficits. But here's the issue. Dallas... Isn't a very good football team. And Dak Prescott, you can't trust him in the postseason. Takeaways from me, and a beautiful graphic there to kind of visually outline this, but takeaways from me, the Dallas defense, no sacks, okay? Mm -hmm. Last two games, they've allowed 37 points per, over 472 yards per. This defense is supposed to be the cornerstone, and it's just not getting it done. They just gave up 34 points to Garner Minshew. That's a problem for the Cowboys, even with the win.
5: Yeah, I mean, there are some flaws. There are some problems with the Dallas Cowboys, but... Uh, Because, you know, when you look at Dak Prescott, and that's what you're going to do when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, can you trust him? And he does throw some passes that make you scratch your head or throw some popcorn at the TV or whatever. Uh, But the guy, he's 60 and 35 as a starting quarterback, (laughs) uh, Patrick. Uh, And and it's like, I don't know if you can just discount that or, or overlook it, right? I mean, I think the Cowboys are unique in this way. They added T.Y. Hilton. We saw his impact with his speed uh, against the Eagles. Uh, Eagles broke down defensively with some play calls uh, on that side of the ball in the secondary. But then they still have this one-two punch at running back that is really, really impressive. Now, the offensive line, I got more questions, I guess, about the line. Uh, And certainly Dak, I mean, he's got to clean it up. I get that. Uh, But, man, I, I don't know if I can just gloss over 60 and 35 for a career so far.
4: It's a confident boost. It's a confidence boost for the Cowboys. Yeah. But if they were to go to Philly in the right. postseason, again, they went to Philly in October and lost 26 17. Mm-hmm. It felt like this was Philly's game yesterday. And the Cowboys, you showed some metal to come back. Again, I keep pointing to the defense. That, yeah. The defense struggling is what would concern me the most about the Cowboys here.
5: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, they are kind of one dimensional, if you will, kind of built to stop the pass because. A lot of teams are like that, though, if you think about it. I mean, a lot of teams went to the 4 two, 5 the nickel defense, because of all the spread offenses and the read options and the RPO, the perimeter game and all this stuff, and passing the football. But what have we seen? A regression to the running game, if you will, in uh, 90s football. I mean, we got fullbacks for Pete's sake now. Uh, and it's like <laughs> the power game, right? Right, the power game. So yep. the, the offense is have found advantages uh running these power games and and running the football and being physical uh, and getting away from the finesse element you know Dallas has been kind of slow that way offensively um, but yet they have they're more than capable of getting to that though it's just can Kella Moore get them to that part and then defensively you're right I mean you got all this talented pass rushers and your scheme is perfect with Quinn what he wants to do with the defenders that he has right now but where's the f- physical element, though? Where is the the willingness to be physical, right? Uh, and that, that part right there, I don't care who you are as coach, you have to be able to pull that out of your players on the defensive side of the ball. Be physical and understand what it takes to stop a running game or slow down a running game.
4: Well, you talked about fullbacks. Of course, Shanahan employs one in use check, a mm-hmm. traditional fullback. Let's go to San Francisco. They cover the six against the Commodores slash Commanders, a 37 20. Winner, again, that number closed six. It was a weird game. Washington had every opportunity to win this football game. The total closed 37, so it flies over the total. I'm not sure how many people, including myself, hand up. I said regression from Brock Purdy coming. That didn't happen. Brock Purdy's offense dropped 37 points yesterday. Purdy was efficient. George Kittle was a force and the defense made life tough for Washington. Another impressive win. As I mentioned, that's eight straight for the Niners here. At
5: it really is. Um, it speaks to the constants, though. Uh, you got John Lynch and, and certainly Kyle Shanahan and uh, one of the best rosters I've seen in a long, long time, Patrick, uh, when you look at how deep this 49ers roster is and, and how talented they are uh, everywhere. Uh, and so you insert Brock Purdy, then i I mean if you look at his stat line it really isn't that different than jimmy garoppolo like garoppolo they needed to surround him with what they did and they're doing this without debo by the way uh and and so purdy's in that same situation and and, but the communication or the fact that kyle shanahan can convey that to brock purdy has really been what i've been focusing on in on right i mean he's mystery relevant I, i get that i mean as a player and all this stuff i understand the journey uh, for Brock Purdy. I I understand the story. I mean, it, it really has been tremendous. But the facts are, is, is that Kyle Shanahan has has communicated effectively in a way in which Purdy's able to play like this. It really has been uh, uncannier, though, uh, if you look at it, Patrick. But uh, I don't think they've lost a the stride. Uh, even with the injuries, uh, they're getting better, uh, to be honest with you, healthier on the defensive side of the ball. And yeah, it's efficient. But again, he is surrounded by premium premium playmakers on every play
4: well he made the big guy dustin swedelson's nice list here on christmas brock purdy moved to three and zero as a starter 15 to 22 234 a touchdown and a pickle entered the week eight to one for offensive rookie of the year fourth on the board he's right around nine to one right now mm-hmm. behind garrett wilson kenneth walker and christian watson george kittle had a monster game and he talked about the quarterback
0: I mean, Brock's confidence that he brings in every single day makes us all very confident. Um, We know that he's going to make plays with his legs. Uh, He's fantastic about rolling out, keeping his eyes upfield. I mean, he makes guys miss in the backfield. He's such an athlete. He's good with the football. He doesn't make stupid throws. I mean, you can just tell he's taken tens of thousands of tens of thousands of reps at quarterback, and um, that's I think that's very helpful for him right now, and it's a reason that he's been able to step in this late in the season and play at
5: a high level
4: cowabunga bro george kittle feels like somebody you could get loose with at 420
5: yeah no Pritch. yeah be careful with that though yeah absolutely Yeah, right, take it easy Pritch. Yep, take, take it, it easy yep. buffalo
4: how about buffalo so the race for home field in the afc i love it uh set up for week 17 as the bills go to cincy remember the bills 12 and 3 tied with kansas city uh they got the tie break on kansas city though cincinnati who can't lose they're 11 and 4 that's going to be a great matchup next week Buffalo remains the one seed in the AFC. They clinched their third straight AFC East title. It's kind of a workman-like 35-13 win at Chicago. Chicago, frankly, was in this game for a long time, but they do cover the number, and it flies over the total in the cold.
5: Yeah, more constants than surprises. I mean, again, Cincinnati was a Super Bowl team last year, and okay, you got the Bills as a favorite uh, going into the year this year, and they're starting to play like that. I mean, the cold, uh, the travel... Uh, the situations that Buffalo has been in, it, has, it hasn't phased them. Really? They've been steady. Uh, you know, and, and sometimes they slip up a little bit, but they recover. Uh, and if you look at their record right now, you can identify the times of those three losses in which they slipped up and it cost them. Uh, but no, this was a team that was uh, a favorite to go to the Super Bowl and they're starting to assert that th- th- this way. I mean, Josh Allen, his comments, here you go. Uh, player comment, candid nature. Uh, I'm tired of wearing this hat at the AFC East champion. I'm tired of wearing this hat. I want to wear Mm -hmm. a different hat. I want to do something more. And so there you go. I mean, that's the edginess that I want to see, that killer instinct that uh, uh, Brewski talked about that was lacking for Buffalo during the middle of the year. Uh, So, no, this is shaping up. I think this is going to be for the number one seed. I mean, obviously it is. But uh, this this game is shaping up to be uh, dandy, to be honest with you, Patrick.
4: Couple of weird picks from Allen again. Mm-hmm. You know, he makes up with yeah. his wizardry. He makes up for the picks, but a little uncharacteristic. By the way, the market right now, DraftKings, Buffalo, still your favorite to win the Super Bowl at 3.5 to 1. Philadelphia, 4.5 to 1. Kansas City, and maybe a little value there sitting at 5 to 1. San Francisco, 6 to 1. The aforementioned Bengals, 8 to 1. And we rounded out there as far as the top six with the Cowboys sitting 10 to 1. Okay, coming up next, the playoff machinations as we continue. Three games on tap, week 16 to go here on Christmas. It's the Lombardi Line, it's vSIN, the esports betting network.
3: What's up? I'm John Wall.
6: And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three time NBA Six Man of the Year. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
4: You're
1: listening to The Lombardi Line on VSN. featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: Okay, Brent Musburger, of course, coming up after The Lombardi Line, countdown to kickoff. I want to tell Brent and you, BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. They unleash the spirit of Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. So every time you go over to BetMGM and you place a bet... You get reward points. Also, they've got the one-game parlay going on right now. Any NFL game wager with four legs or more if all but one hit. So, again, three of four, you get 25 bucks back in free bets. You get the points, and you get the parlay. It's great. BetMGM.com or download the newly reconfigured app. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Got to be 21 years or older. Okay, we welcome you back here on the Lombardi Line. We say Merry Christmas. Mike Pritchard sitting in for Michael Lombardi. Michael hanging out with the family, a well-deserved day off. Speaking of day offs, uh, Will Hill is a VEASAN host, and we text often. And yesterday he said, I'm available on Christmas. I said, dude, you've got three children. You've got another one coming in the spring, and you're going to leave your children to come talk
1: gambling on Christmas? Yeah, sure. Why not? Hi, Merry Christmas, Will. How are you? What's up, guys? Merry Christmas. I, I, you know, you got to pace yourself. It's like the Chiefs. They don't put their foot on the gas every single game and try to score 40 points. They sort of, you know, they'll run the ball, they'll punt. You got to be able to pace yourself. So I'm, uh, I'm pacing myself today.
4: Can we all relax with the Patrick Mahomes touchdown run? Okay, I get it. He put his hand down and pivoted and hit the pylon. It's not the greatest thing we've ever seen. Hey, uh, speaking of which, great things. What what is what are you wearing right now? Can you stand up a little bit and show us? Is yeah, that the Grinch? Yeah, we
1: got a, a Grinch shirt. Somebody's got to have the holiday spirit around here. You guys should oh, just button uh, up like excuse the other me. day. Little, excuse
4: yeah. me. <laughs> excuse me. I want to show hey, you something. If the director could go ahead and pull back. Holiday spirit, do you see what's over my okay. shoulder, bro? Uh, that's called Christmas the Christmas tree. Yeah. Thank Catodacted. you very much. So you guys okay, are at so, advantage,
5: though, because you guys are, you know, the studios, the comfort, right? I'm I'm in Circa. I, I don't have props hey, or anything in here. So. You could
4: be at a worse place in Circa <laughs> Sports with yeah, the, you right. can see
5: the the, the lines and the games
4: behind them. I am okay, feeling Will's that gonna,
5: Grinch sweater, though.
4: That's nice. That, that Grinch sweater is lit and the color <laughs> is immaculate. Okay. We're going to get to your Vikings coming up in just a bit, Will Hill, but let's start with, we talked about the Bills. They captured their third straight AFC East title. So the race for home field in the AFC is fascinating. Remember. The 12 and 3 Bills at the 11 and 4 Bengals next week. And Kansas City just kind of laying in the weeds, waiting for the Bills to get picked off here.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Would you rather be the Chiefs and have the two easy games? You know, you get the Broncos at home, and then you get the Raiders who you should be able to beat. And boy, what a. You know meltdown again that was from the Raiders last night hard to believe they blew that game uh, or would you rather be the bang or, or would you rather be the bills and control your own destiny but have to go to at Cincinnati against the Bengals team that's playing really well they made things interesting yesterday against New England uh, that's a fascinating race and it's so important now with only the one bye. and not only is it the one bye. But the one seed, look, like let's just face it, there's three big teams in the AFC. There's the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals. If you're the one, not only do you get the bye, but you don't have to play the other two in that second round. So you only have to play one of the two. Well, if you're the two or the three, you're gonna have to deal with either the Chiefs and the Bengals, something like that. So it's fascinating. Uh, you know, I kind of think the Bengals beat them next week and it, it propels the Chiefs to the one seed, which would be amazing because you watch them week in, week out. They're not overly impressive. Uh, and neither are the Bills, though. The Bills, you know, struggled with the Bears yesterday. So fascinating and, and a really important race. I think whoever is the one seed probably ends up going to the Super Bowl. It's such a massive advantage to get that bye.
5: You know, Will, from a betting perspective, uh, this you're the perfect person to run this by because you know I come up with a theme uh, of my betting uh, and understanding and certainly discovery along the way. Uh, so there's more constants in the National Football League than surprises. I mean, a lot of times we get caught up in hype. We get caught up in stories we get caught up in information and all this stuff but uh in reality and in facts and, and factual I mean it's like more about Buffalo really being a good team Cincinnati really being a good team and Kansas City really being a solid team that way I mean uh from a betting standpoint do you apply that in any way like the more constants you see more constants uh, than surprises each and every year
1: Yeah, and I will say, I don't think I can ever remember, now this is probably recency bias, I don't think I can ever remember a year where these teams were so closely bunched together where there was more parity because... There's a couple of really good teams at the top. Like I just mentioned with Casey Buffalo Cincy, but man, you look at the NFC, there's really nobody that's any good. San Francisco's good, but they're on the last pick of the draft, a rookie quarterback, you know, Philly's good. They're not great. And there's not really any terrible teams. Look at Houston. They've played well. So I can't remember a year where there's just more parity, and, you know, it makes it interesting for betting. You know, you look at a game like yesterday where everybody's on Detroit. And uh, I think that was probably one of the more shocking results of the week. Not that Carolina won, but they came out and had 500 plus yards of offense. Mm -hmm. Uh, for for really a dead Carolina offense so it's a fascinating league just because of the parody I think
4: oh yeah can can you zip it now and can you never text me again about Dan Campbell (laughs) and the Lions and I'm not even kidding bro he came out after the game and said I didn't have them physically and emotionally prepared and the biggest spot in 20 years for the franchise he wasn't he didn't have the team physically and emotionally prepared get the hell out of here pardon me it's Christmas it's a family show but you understand
1: I'm not surprised golf and you take that offense outdoors. I'm not surprised they didn't perform well, but man, to give up that many yards. And that was an interesting exchange. I don't know if you saw that between Wilkes and Campbell at, at uh, midfield after the game. We're like, that was awesome, man. You kicked our, you know what? It was, uh, that was a strange one.
4: Yeah. My coach is weird. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. Conference, NFC, the Eagles to, to, to win the NFC are plus 165. The Niners are two and a half to one. The Cowboys are five to one. And then the Vikings are tied with the Buccaneers at ten to one to win their conference. The Vikings—they just won another one-score game. They're eleven and zero in one-score games. My assump- my assumption is, Will, they're going to get this two seed. This is your team. Run with it. The playoffs with the Vikings.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't assume anything with the Vikings. They play at green Bay next week. That's not an easy game. They play at Chicago the week after. So they're done with their home games. And Hey, if you play close games every week, uh, you know, you're, you're bound to lose one. So I don't think they run, they win the tape. They run the table here and win out. My guess is San Fran probably catches them for the two seed, which would be a death knell for the Vikings because they can't go to San Francisco round two in the two, three matchup and win at San Francisco. Any hope of them winning Uh, in making a run here, assuming they get past the first round, which isn't something you can assume anyway. Uh, They have to get San Francisco in Minnesota round two and just hope Purdy, uh, who's looked amazing here, implodes on the road in Minnesota. That's their only chance of beating Minnesota. So that's an important race for the two seed. I think San Francisco catches them. I think they'll probably lose either at green Bay or at Chicago the last week. So I, I do think they dropped one of these next two. And I think San Francisco probably wins their next two and San Francisco catches them. And man, what kind of odds would you have needed at the beginning of the year that the entire NFC East makes the playoffs? And that's a situation we're probably looking at where billion Dallas are in. The giants are going to get in, you know, they're, magic numbers one that they have, or they're in great shape here to get in. And then Washington might be the last team. So the entire NFC East might get in just fascinating.
5: Yeah, it really is. I mean, the NFC South, uh, just kick them out of football right now, the way that they're playing yeah. collectively. Right. But, you know, going back to Minnesota, Will, uh, is there something to be said? I mean, the one possession nature of this team, I mean, think about playoffs and what those could be uh, from a possession standpoint, but the variety in ways that they've won this year, like, uh, the deficit against the Colts and overcoming that and uh, certainly the Bills in, in that situation on the road and then uh, all the one possession games or the final moments of a football game, fourth quarter games. Is there something to be said about a team like this uh, in terms of, OK, that team is loose, which they are, uh, but I can back it. I, I can believe in it more so than not wanting to believe in the fact that they're overcoming these obstacles that way.
1: Yeah, they're clutch. They got a little karma, but I'd prefer a defense and they just, Uh, they don't guard it. They don't defend anybody. There's people eight, 10 yards open every play. Even yesterday, they're up eight points after the touchdown, the building's going nuts. You're at home. You got Daniel Jones on the road without a lot of weapons and they go right down the field in the blink of an eye, not only get the touchdown, but get the two point conversion. So look, at the end of the day, you need to be able to stop somebody. Very rarely does a team win a championship. Now you need a quarterback, but very rarely does a team win a championship without like a top 10 or so defense. And they're just, They're so bad on defense that I think at some point it nabs them.
4: The Giants, 125-1 to to win a Super Bowl. I will tell you this. I think I was more impressed with the Giants coming out of Minnesota than I was the Vikings. Cousins and Jefferson continue to be awesome. Hawkinson was a great trade. Uh, And again, Greg Joseph, 61-yard field goal. His time expired. But I think the Giants really proved something there. Let me go to the awards market. Of course, Mike Pritchard, Will Hill joining us here on Christmas, the Lombardi Line. Let me go to the awards market. Uh, so Patrick Mahomes minus 450 to win the MVP. Burrow has leaped Jalen Hurts. So Burrow's now seven and a half to one and Hurts is 10 to one. Allen's 11
1: to one. Is there anything we can get out of that? I guess Allen 11 to one would be worth a stab. If they can get the one seed, he could play great in Cincinnati and, and then sure up the one seed against the Patriots the final week who, you know, he puts up good numbers against. And, you know, maybe Mahomes has one of these games where he throws three interceptions. We have seen these awards swing in the last couple of weeks. Remember last year, it was Mac Jones, Rookie of the Year, big favorite. And then Chase had a monster game and just stole the award, I think, second to last week of the season. So it's possible. It can happen. But I think Minshew playing so well for Philly yesterday took it away from Hurts, took any chance of Hurts winning the award away. Uh, I, I think it's Mahomes to lose. I think it's a fair price. But if you're looking to take a stab at someone, Allen, 11 to one, his numbers are not that different than Mahomes. And they could be the one seed, but probably going to be Mahomes award
4: minus 150 favorite that you finished up your christmas shopping at cvs or walgreens yesterday
1: <laughs> you had that one in your back pocket that was a good one
4: <laughs> no i did I, honestly i swear to you i just came up with it on the Dustin's spot writing material.
1: you didn't come up with that dustin oh, dustin wrote
4: dustin wrote, just texted me it uh listen merry christmas to you and the family you're welcome for a 10 minute break now go get back to it thank you very much
1: all right. Thanks for having me, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
4: Okay. Merry Christmas to you, Will Hill. Three games Mike Pritchard on tap for Christmas, including Green Bay-Miami. We just had a big number shift. We've got a big move down in Miami. We'll get to that next. Ira Kaufman's going to join, and the big guy with a couple surprises on this Christmas. It's Vsin the v Sports betting network.